Hello, I'm your host, Philemon, and you're listening to The Brief Dive, the show where I take a brief dive into topics around mental health, positive psychology, and overall becoming a better you. Today, we have a guest speaker on the show, and I'd like for him to introduce himself. Hi, Philemon. Thanks for having me on your show. My name is John Lee. I'm a software product manager by day and a a side project, um, small business person in the evenings. And I'm happy to be on your show talking about meaning, purpose, and mental health. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about like life, passion, purpose, and like the important experiences that come with it. But before we do, we're just going to do a quick, would you rather? Would you rather be locked in a room with your worst enemy or all alone? I think the first, yeah. <laughs> locked in a room with my worst enemy. Uh, better to be with someone than be completely alone because there's no opportunity uh, at least with your enemy, there's an opportunity there to turn that enemy into a friend, and then you and then you're in a room with a friend. If you're all if you're by yourself, there's no opportunity to, you know, yeah, that's it. Your options yes. are finished. Uh, would you rather lie to your best friend or to your parents? Uh, yeah, to my parents. Why? <laughs> um. I don't know. I, that was just the, the the instinct that came to my mind. I probably li- lie to them anyway in small ways. I keep things from them just naturally, you know, to to shield them from certain things. I think everyone does this to different degrees to our friends and to our family. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's just part of communication, um, not to overshare, to share the right amount for that's appropriate to the context. But I think with a friend. Um, I'm, I, I'm definitely closer to my friends than I am to my parents. So um, I'd just be yeah, more careful about that. Cause I think friendships also are more, um, they're special, but they, they take more work, I think, to maintain. Whereas a family relationship is blood, right? They're, you're not going to stop being the son of your parents. Um, so maybe there's, I need to be more careful, I think, with your friendships. And it, it takes more nurture and um, tending, I think, than family relationships, which are pretty solid and they're stable. It's like less risk, parents. Yeah. yeah. And then the last one is, would you rather be best friends with your favorite celebrity or win a million dollars? Oh, definitely a million dollars. Yeah, I don't have a favorite <laughs> celebrity, so that's pretty easy. Okay, well, we're going to jump straight to the topic. Uh, first... Tell us a little bit about yourself, like about your journey and how it made you who you are today. Okay. So I haven't prepared for these questions. I'm just going <laughs> to take your time answer, yeah. answer them as I say. Um, I would say my life uh, is not planned. I don't think anyone's life is really planned out. And if they say it is, they're probably just making it up or fooling themselves. I think life uh, just kind of happens and um, it's important therefore to be good at adapting to changing circumstances because I think change is inevitable change happens and many of us don't have any control over um, yeah the economy COVID things happen people get sick um, and the older you get like I think the more of these things that you will experience and see so I think one of the strongest skills one can develop over the years is adaptability, like being able to roll with the punches, um, not crumble under pressure, and like keep a cool head um, like within discomfort. So sitting with discomfort and still being able to function and uh, lead through discomfort and uncertainty. I think it's a skill everyone has. Um, but it's something that is important to nurture. Okay. Uh, so this can jump straight to it. Uh, what can meaningful experiences tell us about the purpose of our lives? Yeah. So this is a question I've been thinking about, um, a little bit. Um, I think our lives are infused with meaning. 
Um, but I think there are certain experiences in our lives that are particularly like impactful and significant. And some of those that come to mind are when you become a parent, <clears throat> typically people say like having a child is really life-changing. It's something that when it happens, feels really important. It just feels really significant. Or when you fall in love and I mean, just that, that feels really important. I'm sure you know, um, it's one of the most powerful experiences there is, right? And um, it just, it feels really significant. So that's what I mean by meaningful. It, it feels meaningful means to me, it feels significant, like it matters. I think another experience that, um, that some of us have, and I think all of us will have eventually, is when people we care about pass away, that also feels really deep it feels significant like really like this matters it's, it doesn't feel trivial and so when i think about these most significant experiences um and the the, the emotion of that, that whole experience like it's meaningful like that experience for me um i see some commonalities i see that those most meaningful experiences happen around the people we care about so there's like this this uh, theme, it's relational. It involves uh, loving, deep relationships. And so, and I also think that feeling is not just like a chemical reaction in the brain. Yes, it is a chemical reaction, but it's not just a chemical reaction. Um, so I think it's not just a feeling. I think it's a, sig it's a signal. Like these, these feelings are signals to an actual factual reality so if i can say that simply like i think it's not just a feeling but i think it's a fact so and here's the example i think about um uh, like our senses our eyes our nose our ears we're we're perceiving things all the time if i see a tree in front of me my default posture or my default like state is not to doubt that perception like i see a tree in front of me uh, my posture is there is a tree in front of me like that, that, uh, that perception, I believe signifies the existence of an actual physical tree. And so I'm going to orient my body around it. So I don't walk into it. Um, that's kind of the way I think about our, our experiences and our emotions. And we're talking about meaning. So when I have a meaningful experience, I'm saying, I think I can, my default position is I trust that experience to be signifying something real, something objective outside of my head and outside of my body. I think the fact that we experience meaning means there is actually a meaning to my life and a meaning to that situation. And whoever is involved in that situation, I think meaning exists outside of just my feelings. I know that's kind of like, fuzzy but do, do you follow me like yeah, like yeah yeah so i believe our perceptions um we automatically trust our perceptions to be telling us the truth about objective reality and i include our experience of meaning to be doing that as well so let me pause there i can keep going about like okay what is how does that point to the purpose of life but do you have any questions about what i've said so far uh no i really cool. you can you can carry on all right let me keep going so I, when I think about meaning, I think meaning doesn't make any sense apart from the idea of purpose. So I think of any story, like think of any good story. You have a hero. It's only a story because the hero character has a purpose. Let's just say it's like the hero's going to leave his village, go to the mountain, <clears throat> and kill the dragon, save the princess, maybe bring back some of the dragon's gold back to his village and share the gold. Like that's the story. Um, and like the hero goes on a journey and the journey is full of danger and suffering and also fortune and misfortune. But all those experiences along the journey are meaningful because there is a purpose to that character. The purpose is to go to the mountain, right? Slay the dragon, uh, save the princess, etc. If there was no purpose, there would be no story, and all the experiences of that character would just be would be meaningless. 
there would just be things that happened to that character. They would lose all meaning because there isn't a purpose toward which they are meaningful for. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So I tie meaning and purpose together. I think purpose is necessary in order for meaning to exist for meaning to be uh, like valid or justified. So that leads on to, okay, if, if our lives are meaningful, like in fact, meaningful, your life is meaningful. If my life is meaningful, if what we do matters, then that implies there must be a purpose for my life and a purpose for your life and a purpose for toward which all of our experiences are pointing. And then uh, I think about, well, what would that purpose, what would that purpose be like? And that's when I kind of tie, tie back like, okay, if the most meaningful experiences I've gone through or I'm going to go through are like infused with loving relationship, then maybe the purpose that my life is pointing to and your life is pointing to is also has to do with loving relationship. Um, ultimately, I believe the purpose of my life is um, to love others. Um, it's twofold. It's to understand and um, it's to understand and receive the love God has for me. So receive God's love and then to to share that and live that out by loving others. So that's my purpose. Um, and because I'm a Christian, that's like part of the package. And I think that makes a lot of sense based on what I just, what I just said, like everything I said before, I think fits in with that idea of if that, that being the purpose of my life, it's, it all seems to fit in the picture that I've just drawn. And I'd love your feedback on that. What do you think of this uh, model that I've laid out. I think some viewers, like, I think you're very, very smart. <laughs> like, you know what you're talking about. And I think you're right. Um, I think we're just a bunch of sponges and we're all soaking all this information in. Uh, some of this information's wrong, some of this information, like, information's right. Uh, whether you like it or not, it's there. And uh, it's kind of like how we see that information define who like defines who we are as people. Uh, but uh, that's how I kind of see like the meaning of who we are. It's basically how we react rather than what we see. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, I, th- I think, yeah, I think that's all I have to say mm-hmm. <laughs> for that. Um, but Here's one question I got for you. Uh, Can you name like some important experiences someone should go through Mm. like for like character development, whether it's like someone should know how to lose, someone should know how to, you know. Oh God. Yeah. That's like all of life. I I just, I feel like all of life is learning how to be a, a human being and it just never stops whether you're 16, 17, whether you're 60, 70 or 80 years old. I don't think that process ever stops. Um, what I'm realizing recently is the older I get, the more difficult and complicated life becomes. But at the same time, I feel like I, I'm also growing. And so like I can handle things now that I couldn't imagine handling as a teenager, but I'm also like a bigger person than I was 20, 30 years ago. And that's the cool thing about life. It's like you continue to grow. And as you continue to grow, life continues to get more and more challenging. And it's like it, you just kind of keep pace with the complexity of life as you get older. As long as that's happening, I think, I think you're in the right place. Like you're growing um, at the right pace that life is throwing stuff at you. And you're able to balance it out, I think. Um, therefore, Life always feels difficult, um, which is interesting. It's like, I guess it's like exercising or working out. Like if you're not, if it doesn't feel hard, then you're probably not um, like lifting enough or work or trying hard enough. And then you're not growing enough. Um, so that's the thought I've had recently. Like 
Um, life always feels hard. Like, I mean, for me, it just seems like life always feels difficult. And that just means you're living up to your potential. I think it just means you're living to the edges of your, your capacity. And that means you're pushing your boundaries and you're growing. If you're not, if it doesn't feel difficult, maybe you're not living enough. Like you're not living out toward the edges of your capacity and you need to get out and do more or challenge yourself a little more. Um, I think that's probably what we're built for. I think boredom is a sign that you're, that I'm not living to my fullest. So I haven't been bored since I've gotten, oh, since I've had my son, I haven't been bored. <laughs> I haven't been lonely since I've gotten married. Um, but yeah, it's, that's a thought I've had. My parents are actually uh, pretty old now and my father's um, very sick. So he's like, he can't walk anymore on his own. And my mother is there and taking care of him at home. I had to drive back to see them last weekend because he couldn't get up uh, out of bed. So I was there for the weekend and I was like helping out and just watching and seeing how we need to manage this going forward so that he can stay home because my mom wants him to be at home for as long as possible. And that's when I had this thought. I was like, gosh, man, life life is difficult and it's, it's complicated now. And I've got like, this is not something I, I thought I'd be dealing with. Um, and I've got friends, you know, as, as we get older and we meet more people and we learn about the lives of other people, I realize you know, someone somewhere is always going through something very complicated and difficult. Like one of my son's kindergarten son's best friends. Um, I just learned a couple of weeks ago that her mother, um, who's like our age, her mother has stage four brain cancer and she's going through treatment now. I'm like, gosh, like that's like a, um, it's, that's a, a bomb, a bomb that's just fallen on the family, right? We've got another uh, set of friends who are from Ukraine. They're actually from Ukraine. They moved to the U.S. a couple of years ago. Wow. And their family are in Ukraine in the middle of that war, and they're so stressed out. And, like, we're there um, just trying to help them as we as best we can. So just stuff like that. I'm like, everyone's going through something. It's sooner or later, everyone's going to go through something. Um, yeah. It's not uncommon. That's like, like I mentioned in the beginning, like it's a good idea therefore to start working on um, getting strong, like on the inside, getting resilient and adaptive so that when these things happen, we don't crumble. Like we don't, Know, just become useless, but can keep um, keep moving forward and help each other along and, and all that. I really like that. It's like everyone has like their own level to it. To me, something could feel like it's the end of the world. To you, it could feel like something you can handle in like 20 minutes, you know? And uh, yeah, you're right. I think that's the way life is. And we're always in this goose chase mm -hmm. trying to overcome with like the problems that we have. And uh, yeah. that's a great point. Also, like that's why it's, it's never okay to judge others. Like just cause I can maybe handle something that someone else is finding very, very difficult. Um, I have no right to judge that person for where they are. Right. For them, it's very difficult. And if I were in their shoes, it would also be equally difficult. So we're all in different places. We all have different experiences and different, you know, talents and capabilities. And so that's why I think it's, it's just inappropriate to be judging others based on oneself because um, we're all so different. Okay. Um, so <laughs> kind of going to the, Okay, so do you think that, uh, like, so do you think that painful experiences are, like, just as important as happy experiences? Yeah. Um, painful experiences suck, but they're inevitable. Like, I don't, there's no way around them. 
they're, they're going to happen whether you want them to or not. And I think um, the truth of the matter is it's through the painful and difficult circumstances that people grow. And that's just wisdom. That's just like the truth of the ages. People grow when they go through and come out of difficult circumstances and, and difficult situations. So yeah, it, it's never easy. Like, like I said, um, it's never going to be easy, but yeah, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I feel like whenever something difficult has happened, like maybe I've lost my job all of a sudden and like, I didn't expect it. Yeah. It's a shock at first, but okay. Like let's just take the next step. Let's get my resume together. Let's start applying for jobs and taking interviews and practicing. And when I come out of that and find another job, I find myself, I find that I've grown. I find that I've uh, become a, a bigger person than I was before, more engaged and just more activated as a person. Like, so yeah, I, I think suffering is inevitable. Um, but if, yeah, it, I had this thought maybe a couple of months ago, I just thought if I could be the kind of person that, um, yeah, that maybe that wasn't afraid, right? that I wasn't afraid of uncertainty, that wasn't afraid of suffering, and I could uh, look at every difficult situation or suffering as an opportunity to grow, that person would be unstoppable, just like unstoppable. Death would not stop someone like that. You kind of give off that like growth mindset vibe and like you kind of just don't stop. And like there's always like there's growth in everything. Um, and I respect it. I think it's like really hard to look at something that's so painful and to not be mad. Yeah. Like it's like a natural human response to be mad at something like that. Uh, but to switch it and to look at it as a positive, like look at it into like a positive light is really really powerful and um so here's one thing i wanted to ask you too it was like what is one i know you have like a lot but what is one major experience uh that has made you who you are today if that makes sense one thing if it makes you feel better mine was moving and like that helped me distract my like take away take time away from friends find out who I am. And when I made this podcast, it wasn't for moving. So like, that's an example. Mm. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind was um, uh, one of my best friends died in his mid twenties. I was a year or two. I was like a year younger than him. He just got cancer. Like at the end of our college years, he got cancer and it, he fought it for a couple of years and then he died. So that was something that I saw in real time. And I don't think I fully processed it at the time. But I think from that point onward, um, I feel like I've kept, kept an eye toward the end of my life, maybe more so than other people. Um, I don't think about it all the time, but it, I do think about it. Like, okay, mm. My life is going to end at, at some point. I'm almost 40 now. Maybe I'll get 20 or 30 years if I'm lucky. But it, there's a, an end is coming. There is, um, I'm going to die at some point. So uh, I think that also helps put things in perspective for me. Um, just wanted to go back and talk about the mindset thing. Like When I was young, I thought mindset was just such garbage. I was like, what, what is all this self-help nonsense? Like frame things in the right way. It's all in your head. I was like, I just thought it was just ridiculous. But as I get older, I'm just seeing like, it is like everything, like how you frame things is like, is everything. It changes everything. Um, so yeah, getting a handle on how to think about, my circumstances or 
yeah, um, it's invisible, right? That mindset, that the way you look at something is invisible to everyone. No one can see the way I'm framing the situation. And often I don't even realize how I'm framing the situation. But when I am able to step back and realize, okay, I'm maybe defaulting uh, to viewing a certain situation as uh, in a certain way. I'm uh, speaking abstractly, but like, let me think of a specific example. So again, I'll talk about last weekend when I was driving home to see my parents. I did, I had the thought, like, I mean, first I was like, oh, okay, this, uh, there's panic, you know, I'm driving six, seven hours to, to go to be with them. So it's a long drive. I've had a lot, a lot of time to think. Um, but part of me was able to say, okay, I, I don't know this, what the state of my dad's going to be when I get there, but um, well, I wonder what God's going to teach me through this. There's probably a reason like I'm, I'm going back and um, whatever happens, like let's keep an open mind. Like let's see what, what there might be here for me to learn and for maybe my parents to experience. Maybe there's something there. And I didn't know what that was, but um, I had that thought. I remember having that thought. So it's like just that, like something like that, where, you, where one can open up within myself the possibility of uh, something good coming out of something um, difficult or painful. Just keeping that door open to the possibility of redeeming that situation. I think changes everything and can change, can change lives. Wow. <laughs> uh, so like when you were saying about um, when you had like a lot of time to reflect and what this really meant and uh, why this is happening. Uh, I'm a type of person who always asks myself, uh, why is this going on? Everything has a reason. And uh I asked myself this question and it was like, uh, I'm trying to find the question right now. That's crazy. Okay. It was like something along the lines of if you had an experience or an interaction or something happened and you chose not to learn from it, uh, did that mean, Oh, I just found the question. Do you think an experience or interaction means absolutely nothing if you don't take anything from it? If it does it mean nothing if you don't take anything from it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, on just on a surface level, I'd say, I think I'd probably agree with that. Like, if you're, if you're not learning something from an interaction and experience, then for you, it's it's not meaningful. So... Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, this idea that just kind of came to my head. Like, don't waste your suffering. Like, don't waste, don't waste anything. Don't waste your experiences. Because uh, like I am of the mindset that you can learn from every interaction and every experience, even the hard ones, and that maybe especially the difficult and painful ones. Yeah. Another thought I had, um, yeah, so look, look at all the stuff I learned from last weekend. Uh, so something I realized is when you have suffering in your life, there's something going on. Like, so I've got this going on in my family, right? Not everyone knows that around me. When I interact with my neighbors or my coworkers, um, they don't know that, but I feel it. So like there's something in my heart, I guess it's part of growing up. It's part of becoming like a mature person is the heart is able to hold on to pain at the same time as a, attend to the person in front of you, have a conversation with like a neighbor at whatever level needs to, that conversation needs to happen. You can still be a good friend to, and um, a good coworker or a good student um, and still have and still hold on to that pain that you're going through. And I feel like that pain makes, could make me a better person. I, I just, I got, I got a, that thought came to my head. I was like, okay, it, this suffering is making me a deeper, a more empathetic, a more sympathetic, a kinder person 
to the person in front of me. Maybe the, yeah, all that is going on. And maybe as I, as I get older and I go through more difficult things and um, I mean, eventually it's, it's sad to think about, but eventually if you live long enough, everyone you, you love will die. Like that's just the fact of it. Like if I live to be a hundred years old um, and I outlive all of my friends, then all of my friends will have died. And so I guess it's part of growing up is like, the heart also begins to like mature and be able to like incorporate suffering into its, into its character or personality. And I think it makes us wiser and uh, just more mature human beings, fuller human beings. So when we interact with people like yourself, like you are a younger person and I'm interacting with you, hopefully maybe you're feeling some of that. Maybe you're getting some of that. Um, and that's how we bless one another. I think as we get older, we should be, I think, capable of blessing others more effectively because of all the life experiences we've gone through and have incorporated into our selves, our personality. Yeah. Back to what we were saying, like a while back, it was like that growth mindset. I think some people who have grown up uh, whether it's a household or just with a bunch of bad friends, uh, they could choose to have two sides to look at it. Like uh, I could be like these friends or I could choose to not hang out with people like them. And uh, I think some people like to take bad things that they take with them, that they like experience and they put it on other people uh, rather than looking at it, reflecting on it, learning on it. And um I think people like to mirror all those effects, like the things that they see, the things that they experience. Maybe it's because they don't like to experience it. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. And um, yeah, I know I see that in my six-year-old. So his behavior, um, I can definitely see changes in his behavior and I can see things he's probably picking up at school. So he's coming home and he's he's got some attitude that just come up out of nowhere and like, okay, I mean, he probably picked that up at school. Maybe some other kids are treating him that way. And maybe he perceives those kids as cool. So maybe he thinks, okay, if I act this way, I'm, I'm going to be cool too. And so I can see some of that mimicking happening also in, in my son. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Like human beings mimic it's what we're good at. We emulate and, and copy other people um, for good or bad. Okay. And um, I think the teens do that a lot too. Like they just want to like mimic and copy and everyone wants to be the best of something. And everyone wants to, you know, Hey, that's cool. Let me do it. Hey, that's cool. Let me try it on. And uh, everyone wants to, try to be the best and try to be what most people are, uh, especially teens. Oh my goodness, especially teens. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, so this is a question. Oh my goodness. This is something that's been bothering me this whole day. So do you believe that life is meant to be just lived, reflected upon or both? Oh, I think both. Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't think you can, you can't reflect on your life while you're living it. Um, so like when you're in the moment, when I'm having this conversation, I can't reflect on the conversation. I'm just having it with you. We're talking and I'm listening to you and I'm speaking and reacting. But um, after the conversation, I may think back and say, oh, that was something interesting that um, you said, or I like the way maybe that idea flowed. Um, there has to be both. You have to live in the moment, but you should be reflecting also on your experiences and, um, and learning from them like we talked about earlier. Okay. Maybe one more thing to add. I think a lot of people don't like reflecting. Um, maybe that doesn't come naturally. Maybe it's, it can be painful or just, it takes some work, right? To reflect on things and process, um, especially painful things. So we're really good at distracting ourselves. 
And there are so many distractions available to us now. Just, you know, you, you, we, we all have phones and the phone is a huge distraction. You can watch, uh, you can watch TV, Netflix. You could, yeah, just, you can distract yourselves endlessly until you go to bed. So it's easier than ever to not have to reflect and not have to think and process things. So important to make time for that. Um, Do you think you can have like too much of one, like too much reflecting and too much living in the moment? Uh, yeah, probably. So yeah, if you're constantly reflecting, then you're not living. You're, you're not um, engaging with the world. Maybe like social anxiety and, and depression in general is an over-reflection. People are just thinking they're too inside their own heads. They're too maybe self-conscious. And that's also a form of self-centeredness. It's like you're too focused on yourself and you're unable to go out and engage the world um, and engage people. On the other hand, um, if you're too in the moment and you're not reflecting I guess maybe you could be too reactive. You're just reacting to your circumstances and reacting to situations. Um, and you might, in that case, you might just be going from one distraction to another, to another and to another, not giving yourself the time to reflect and process. You're just like waking up, drinking coffee, going out the door, reacting from one thing to the next, and then coming home, watching TV, you know, being distracted and then falling asleep. So probably a good balance between those two is, is the way to way forward. Okay. It's just hard. Sometimes it's hard to like, like, how do I say this? Like living in the moment is, could be really hard for some people. And uh, some people do grounding techniques like meditating and focusing on like what's around you and look at the colors of the things and the shape and, uh, I guess, yeah, some people find it hard. Some people find it easy. But um, so the first thing we were saying, there was a quote from, I hope I'm saying this name right, Jorge Luis Borges, which was, I'm not sure that I exist, actually. I'm all the writers that I've read, all the people that I've met, all the women that I've loved, and all the cities I've visited. So it can kind of lead us to this double-sided question of, are we what we've done or are we who we are? Um, well, I, I'm definitely leaning toward, uh, well, okay. So it's, it depends on how you're, the question is difficult to answer because it's, I mean, it's vague. Um, yeah. I would answer it this way. Like, I think, my dignity as a human being and your dignity as a human being doesn't depend on what we've done. Uh, you have all your human rights, regardless of whether you've done anything or not. You have them because you're a human being and I have them because I'm a human being. Um, not just my rights, but like my value uh, doesn't come from what I've done or achieved. My value as a human being come from the fact that I'm a human being. And I think that dignity and that value ultimately comes from the fact that uh, God made us and he made us in his image. So I ground my value and the value of every human being on my, I guess it's my belief that we are made by God in his image. That's that's the basis of human dignity and human value in my worldview. And you can believe in that for other reasons. That's fine. But that's just the way that I ground human dignity and human value. Um, okay, so that's that. But I do think we as human beings are shaped by our experiences. What we do definitely shapes us. And we become the human beings we become through every experience. Um, that includes everything we do and our achievements and failures. So all of that goes into shaping who we become as human beings. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I'd like separate dignity is not based on achievement, but who we become as human beings 
definitely depend on our, our actions and decisions and behavior. I would answer the same way. Like I'm not the type of person who likes to pick either, or I just answer with a question sort of, um, yeah, I like to see it, see it as like every certain thing, every single thing you do kind of chips the rock or polishes the stone. And, uh, by the end you're your most polished or most chipped, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I like to see it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I also think like every action makes the next action like easier or more difficult. Like, doing like one act of kindness makes the next act of kindness a little bit easier. But if I do like one act of aggression or belittling, it also makes the next act of belittling easier. And it makes the act of kindness harder. So like every action is taking us closer to um, the ideal person we want to be or closer to like the demon. I think maybe it's C.S. Lewis that said this, like, you know, we're all heading toward like heaven or hell, basically. Like we're going we're gonna to become angels or we're going to become demons. And we we're moving in one direction or another with each of our decisions and each of our actions. We're taking a step closer to heaven or we're taking a step closer to, um, yeah, just becoming something like a demon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so something I want to ask you too, this was, what do you think, you probably heard this before. What do you think is most important, the journey or the destination? And this kind of leads to, I think you said this earlier, where if there's no purpose, there's not really a meaning. Mm. Yeah, so that's 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 really cool. Um, I'm thinking about that question. I've heard that a lot. And now I'm thinking through, I don't think you can be on a journey if you're, if there isn't a destination. What would that be called? Wandering. So in order for a journey to be a journey, there has to be a destination. So I think, yeah, the destination matters. Um, Like we talked about purpose. So there has to be a purpose in order for the journey to, in fact, be a journey. Um, So you were saying, like, what's more important, the journey or the destination? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think that they, they go hand in hand. Um, so, yeah, you need to know where you're going in order for your experiences today to matter. If you don't know where you're going, then you're just wandering. You're not going anywhere. There is no journey. It's just an experience after an experience after an experience. It's just a reaction, you know, to a reaction to a reaction. I think like some people out there, uh, especially people in their twenties or people who are just figuring their life out. Um, they feel like they have to know their purpose in order to know how to work with their journey. And uh, for those people out there who don't know what they want to make of themselves, uh, what do you need to say about that? Yeah. Um, Okay. So this is my, my position is I don't think you have, I don't think you need to know what, I don't think I need to know what my specific purpose is. All I need to know is that there is one, like God has a purpose for me. Um, and that's enough for, um, for me to live my life and for me to trust that God's going to lead me toward his purpose for me. There may be short-term things, like short-term purposes that I might hold and I might have a clear vision of. And like, oh, I'm going to go after that um, and see where that, see where that goes. Like, I may, may have a project in mind. Like, I want to try that for a little while and see how that goes. I think that's fine. Um, but if you're in a place where you don't know what even that short-term purpose is or ought to be, I think that's okay as long as you trust that there is one and God has one 
and I can trust him to lead me toward his purpose. It's like uh, raising a kid like that. My son, um, I mean, I guess he's got short-term goals, <laughs> uh, very short-term goals. Like uh, I want to watch a show or like I want to play outside. Um, but, you know, I'm there and I'm going to be watching over him. Right? I'm going to be guiding him toward and helping him discover his purpose, his interests and all of that. So I would encourage those who are, who are feeling kind of lost to say, it's okay. Um, but trust there is a purpose for you and God has a purpose for you and relax. You can rest in that understanding. Like your father has a purpose for you and he's going to lead you in the way you should go. So keep your eyes open don't stop looking, but don't, you don't have to be anxious about it. You don't have to kick yourself about it. Um, when the time, when the time comes, you'll discover and you'll be led um, in the way that you should go. So that's how I would try to encourage someone. Okay. I mean, I'm going to keep that in mind. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in mind. Uh, okay. So these last two questions are for you. So, what advice would you give to your younger self and why? Yeah, I would say um, get out there, get more experiences, try to do as many new and different things as you can while you have the time and opportunity to do them. Um, yeah, because that's how you grow. That's how you get new ideas. That's how you discover interests you never knew you had, like, and, you know, I don't kick myself about that because I think time, you know, in the right time, God is leading me into new experiences and he's helping me discover things <clears throat> when I ought to discover them. So I'm discovering interests now that um, part of me wishes I discovered when I was younger. Like if I were 12, 13, 14 and I discovered rock climbing, for example, I, mean, I think I'd, I'd be so into that um, or I discovered Brazilian jiu-jitsu when I was a teenager, I, I can imagine I'd be so into that. And I'd be at the gym every day. I'd be like just really excited about that because I've discovered those things later in life and I, I enjoy them so much now. Um, so I'd encourage my younger self and I'd encourage you also to try different things. Uh, make as many friends, um, different friends as possible, like different kinds of people, um, go to as many different places as you can have lots of different jobs. Like just get out and try to collect as many experiences as you can while you're young. Cause that's how you discover yourself. And that's how, yeah, you'll, I think discover your interests and your purpose in that way as well. Um, it's this idea of like, if your circle is a certain size, right. And that's all, you know, in order, for, and if you're confused in that circle, if you can't figure out like what your purpose is in your, in your little circle, you've got to enlarge that circle. The only way to enlarge it is to step out of your zone of comfort, your comfort zone, right? You've got to step out of that. It's going to be uncomfortable by definition. Then you come back to your comfort zone and you'll find, oh, wait, my circle has increased a little bit. And then just back and forth, back and forth, you, you'll find that your, your circle grows and grows and you're discovering new things about yourself and your world and where your interests are. Cool thing about interests, by the way, is you don't choose your interests. Right? They choose you. They find you. And you don't really have that much control over what you're interested in. So best to like expose yourself to lots of different people, people and places and activities. So give them a chance to find you. Give those interests a chance to grab you. And then you may have more clarity about, oh, right, this is new. I'm really like into this. Let's explore that a little more. And that may be a direction um, pointing toward, toward your purpose. Okay. Whenever I like uh, meet people who start regretting, like start regretting about the things they missed and the things that they wish they learned when they're younger, uh, what gives me peace in mind is like everything happened for a reason. 
maybe I wasn't meant to like learn that lesson, uh, even though it would have helped me. But um, yeah, I feel like that gives me peace in mind. Yeah, that's very, very wise. I had a similar thought recently too. Like um, I, I discovered jujitsu like six months ago and I love it. It's just so much fun. Um, and I had a thought like, God, I wish I'd learned this when I was younger. I would be a black belt by now. And I would have had so much more time to enjoy this thing and get so good at it. But then I had your thought. I had the same thought you had just now. I was like, maybe I wasn't, I wasn't meant to discover it when I was a teenager. Maybe I wouldn't have been able at that time to take advantage of it. It would have just maybe been wasted. And I discovered it now because I was meant to discover it now. And it's, it's taken hold and I'm enjoying it. I, it's like my one hobby that, yeah, I love and I hope to be doing until I'm old. So that's a great perspective. I think it's great to have hobbies like those, uh, whether you're younger, whether you're older. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we have for today. I really cool. enjoyed this conversation, John. Uh, thank you so much for having the time out of your day. I know it's nighttime. Having the time out of your night to just be a guest on The Brief Dive. Uh, if you guys want to hear more from John, uh, John Lee on the show, then feel free to email me at thebriefdive at gmail.com. I'll put a link to his website down below if you guys want to know more. Uh, and uh, I'll put the link on The Brief Dive story on Instagram uh, when this episode is posted. So do you guys, do you like have any last words you'd like to share well i just thank you philemon for the conversation this was so much fun and i'm so impressed with you everything you're doing i'm so excited for you um god bless you keep doing what you're doing um yeah let's stay in touch i'm excited to see where you go thank you so much i think that'll be it for today guys i hope you guys have a great time listening about a meaningful experience and just life in general uh, i enjoyed it and if you guys want to reach out you guys can subscribe, leave a review, or just stay tuned to these weekly podcasts on becoming a better you. Thank you and have a blessed day.